Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Do you guys notice my new microphone situation here? I'm very proud of myself. I um, always had like a desk stand and I got annoyed because I felt like I was a lot of times like I was um, like bending, bending to speak to it. So I hope that the sound is good. Um, I installed it myself this morning, a little hungover, not going to lie, not going to lie. Um, I recorded my Patreon episode this morning. I was laughing with my Patreon um, community that I always send out an episode on Wednesdays. And I did attempt to record an episode last night after some drinks. And let me just tell you, I listened back and I was like, I sound like Dorinda. And if you know, you know what that means. So I decided to shelve it, get some sleep, very interrupted bad sleep, and then wake up this morning and record my Patreon episode. So I was able to share about my night last night and seeing Dr. Dre, not like at cons- in a concert, just at a restaurant. That was kind of fun. If you are new here, I am Donna Bowling. I go live every single day on TikTok and record my five-day-a-week show, Daily Dose of Donna. We talk about pop culture. We talk about reality TV. We talk about celeb gossip. We talk about Dr. Dre. Okay. And if you are new here, thank you so much for subscribing, giving me a like, a comment, telling me something. Even if I don't like it, I'll, I'll read it. Um, unfortunately, hey, Molly Dare. Hey, everyone. Um, and I go live on TikTok every time at This Is Donna Bowling and on Instagram at This Is Donna Bowling. So love you guys. Thank you. All right. I do want to say I hit a record. This week was my most listens ever. Um, thousands and thousands of listens a day. It's it's mind-blowing. I'm so, so, so excited that this community is growing. Yesterday, I was a guest on Zach Peter's channel. Zach Peter is, he runs um, his own show called No Filter with Zach. He's so cute, so fun. And we just shot the shit and the episode is, the podcast is out and also the YouTube is out. So you can find that as well. Okay, we got some stuff to talk about today, and I just asked my TikTokers, I said, what are we going to do here? Are we going to talk about the B or not? Because B, for Bethany, is, you know, this is a this is a confusing conversation, y'all. I can't decide if you guys want me to talk about her or not. Half of you do, and then half of you don't, and I just want, I just want you guys to be happy, right? The problem is I can never make everyone happy, so I decided I was going to throw in a little Bethany as like a mini- in the news moment, you know, but not dedicate like a huge segment. In fact, today's episode is not one big story. It's a bunch of little stories. I mean, they're big stories, but it's a bunch of stories. So let's get into it. I'm just literally going to go in a tangent. Let's first start with a story that my East Coast correspondent, Molly Dare, sent me this morning. And she goes, is this new or is this old? And it's this finding on page six about Rachel, and I'm going to say it wrong, you guys. I'm going to butcher this. Rachel Yucatel? Did I say it right, y'all? Rachel Yucatel and PK. So Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Dorit Kemsley, her husband is PK. And if you don't watch the show, maybe you know at least who that is. And he is, um, he is 
on his second wife. Dorit is his second wife. And apparently this Rachel Yucatel, who uh, was famous for having an affair with Tiger Woods, if you guys remember that, came up on um, – she was on Behind the Velvet Rope, which is a podcast with David Yontef. I'm, I don't know if I'm saying his name right as well. I, I guess I'm not – great with names. I'm trying. Um, so he had an episode yesterday that came out where she was a guest and she said that she had a fling with Paul P.K. Kemsley, who apparently spent over a million dollars on alcohol at her nightclubs. All right. I hate that this is front page, page six news. I'm going to, I'm not going to lie. I think that the reason why I hate it so much is because it's so not relevant to anything. Like we all watch like Real Houses of Beverly Hills. I believe that PK and Dorit seem like they have a good marriage. I'm not a big fan of thinking anything else. Um, Wait, let me know if if I'm freezing, I'll switch out of um, Wi-Fi. Let me know. Oh, it's freezing. Okay, hold on. Um, So hopefully that's better. So I just think it's not relevant and I don't like it for Dorit. But you know what? At this point, we've got Kyle and Mauricio and Morgan Wade all up in the news talking about themselves. Like Dorit needs to drum up some publicity for the upcoming season of Real Houses of Beverly Hills. So at least their names are in the press right now. It's so silly though. This is years and years ago. It's like, why is this girl? I don't know. When I think of Rachel, you could tell him like, why? Why are we talking about Rachel? You could tell again. It was not during his marriage to Dorit. It was during his marriage with his first wife. It's like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I'm still freezing. Okay. Shoot. I'm going to try something else. Sorry, podcast listeners. I am trying my best. Let me make sure I'm on the right Wi-Fi. Hold on. Um, Okay, so I don't love like the fact that this is a story. I think to me, it feels kind of desperado. Speaking of desperado, let's go into story number two. Let me know how this is now, guys. Let's go into story number two, and that is Bethany. And the reason why I say speaking of Desperado, because Bethany got wind that Lala and all the, you know, people are now speaking on her interview with Rachel, understandably. And Lala Kent, if you don't know Lala's personality, you know, I mean, you have to know Lala's personality enough to know that she is going to speak up on whatever she wants, especially something having to do with her own show. And she was very much in the conversation. It's like Tamara was able to talk about it. Lala was able to talk about it. All these people were able to talk about it because they were brought up in these podcasts that Bethany talked about, right? With Rachel, she talked about the Lala conversation. With her podcast, she mentioned the Naked Wasted Tamara stuff. And it just, to me, feels like... Oh my gosh. Okay. Now a lot of people are coming in. It, it's... It seems to me like it feels a little bit um, annoying, but I guess this is so on brand for Bethany that she's now clapping back at the clapbacks. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. So anyway, of course, I have to do my due diligence. I have to listen to the episode. I am keeping this a very short story. Don't freak out. But it was literally a eight-minute or nine-minute episode with about 47 minutes of ads. Literally, the majority of it is an ad. And thank God for the fast forward button. And Bethany comes in hot. You guys, she comes in so damn hot. 
couple things she said that were so like, oh, but this is what she said. She said that she and Rachel are very happy in terms of the exploitation that people are complaining about. She's like, if I paid her, what I paid her, when I pay her is none of your business, but we are happy and you will know when you know. I mean, it's so ridiculous and it's absolutely, completely um, hypocritical of this idea, thank you, of this idea of like transparency. Her big thing is transparency. I want you guys to be transparent about, you know, bravo, about what's going on over there. Be transparent. Like we need to know everything. Don't erase your emails. Don't but I'm not telling you anything about what I am doing. Do as the, do as I say, but not as I do, right? Rules for thee, not me. Is that what it is? Um, she is, yeah, and she's like, Rachel and I are very happy. Meanwhile, we have not heard from Rachel. And by the way, Rachel probably will be happy if Bethany tells her to say be happy, right? Because um, that's kind of the personality she has. I think she says and does what she's told to say and do. Uh Bethany went off on people like me and the other creators on TikTok, on Instagram, talking about her. I mean, her way of talking about us is so mean. It's almost like at the point where I'm like, ew, I feel like you're, I feel like I'm on a reality show with Bethany and she's coming at us. It's just so crazy that you can be so mean to people calling us lame, losers, desperados, um, you know, if you're sad, go talk to a therapist, like horrible things. But meanwhile, you're going and, and reading off these, these lines of things that you, that were said to Rachel at the reunion. Like it's okay that you're bullying the people that are literally paying your bills, but no one's allowed to say anything on the shows. Do you guys realize that? Like She's being really mean on these podcasts. And it's, I find it really interesting. Like it's one thing to say, listen, I, I love that you guys are invested and involved. I know a lot of you guys aren't happy with me. Thank God you guys are invested and involved because my podcast is number one, as she always likes to say. You're not right about your theories, but like keep on going. I mean, that's literally the way to say it. But to say like, it's hilarious how off you guys are. I mean, you pulling out your spreadsheets and your calculators to try to decide, I have made millions. I make millions doing this podcast with or without Rachel. I am fine. I don't want to do reality TV. I am fine. I mean, it's over the top. Then she says, like, I am, I've come to terms or like I've acknowledged what I've done on reality TV and the things I've done. And um, and she's just, she's just completely like downplaying her role as a mean girl, right? I don't believe, uh, Jessica, she's saying, I can't find the aftermath episode. It doesn't show up on my YouTube. I don't believe it's a YouTube episode. I think it's solely audio. And I still will listen, even though she's yelling at me, <laughs> but I will still listen because I find this like a car crash. You can't look away. You can't look away. It felt, it, but it it's getting to the point where it's becoming how can you take someone seriously about trying to like fight for the good of people when this is how you're talking to millions of people? You know what I mean? It's weird. It's weird that you're like, that's your fight is like, I want to protect people, but I'm going to talk about people this way. Okay. And by the way, if you want to, and she did this whole thing, and this is really interesting because 
Zach and I, Zach, Peter and I spoke yesterday how people think that we are on Bravo's payroll, not necessarily just me, but all these Bravo creators who are talking about, you know, Bravo in a positive way, who are standing up for um, Bravo and Andy Cohen, who are not happy with Bethany. People think some people out there, the Bethany people, think that we're on Bravo's payroll. We are not. Bravo has no like need to pay us. We are just talking about what we believe we feel. And she said something, how the soldiers, the fighting soldier, basically the minions of Bravo um, are do, are fighting the fight because Bravo is under siege. So she's kind of saying that Lala is fighting back to Bethany because she's a, a paid Bravo liberty and needs to, um, and needs to like fight Bravo's fight. But if you listen to the podcast, Lala didn't fight Bravo's fight in any way. That was not what Lala's podcast was about at all. It was fighting Bethany. It had nothing to do with Bravo's fight. She was saying the things that Rachel said that were not true. She was saying the things that she um, thought were good. And then she was saying things about Bethany as an interviewer. So like, it's all very confusing. We're not talking, Lala wasn't talking about the reality reckoning like at all. At all. Okay, let's keep going. Bravo is under fire because of this new Rolling Stone article that dropped today. So I posted about it in my stories about this below deck sailing. There is, now I didn't, I have to be 100% honest, I did not watch the season of Below Deck. It's the sailing yacht. I didn't watch it. Here is, the interesting thing. And like, let me give you the story first and then we'll get into it. Okay. The story that dropped says a production member tells Rolling Stone that a below deck sailing yacht star allegedly crossed the line with her and it wasn't the only time. Samantha Suarez, who first joined below deck in the makeup department on season 10 of the show, tells Rolling Stone that cast member Gary King tried to force himself on her during production of the show, which filmed in Sardinia, Italy, in the summer of 2022. (sighs) Pretty bad. Okay. I am telling you, I do not watch the show, so I can't tell you who Gary is specifically, but I'm seeing their stuff in the comments saying, like, I have been saying about what someone said in, in the comments of Face Reality 16's post saying, I've been saying for a while how forceful we've seen him with women on the show and gotten away with it. So maybe this is his personality. I don't watch enough. You guys tell me. Um, It says one dark day in July. So basically what happens on these shows is that, you know, they have days off. We don't see that on the show, but they have days off from filming because the crew also needs a day uh, to take a day off. So it's between, um, between, what are they called? Like people, like the guests, what are they called? Now I can't remember. It's between the guests when the guests come and then the guests go home and then they clean and like go out or whatever, they have a, um, they have a charters. Thank you. Thank you. I knew someone from TikTok was going to help me there. One dark day is like between the charters, they have a day 
once in a while where the cast and crew gets a day off. The crew can sleep in, they can go out, they can party, whatever. So it was a dark day in July, 2022. Cast members were staying at a hotel. Suarez, this woman, Stephanie Suarez, the makeup artist, accompanied an inebriated Gary King back to his hotel room after he filmed his interviews for the show. And there was a ton of alcohol. Apparently the producers provided him with a substantial amount. I've never personally, I know they drink during interviews sometimes. Like you see that on Vanderpump Rules. You see that on you know, Real Houses of Miami with Marisol always drinking. I would imagine they wouldn't want to get them hammered for the interviews, but I guess it does happen. I should ask Lance because he shoots a lot of those interviews, not for Bravo, but he does. Um, According to Suarez, he was behaving erratically when she brought him to his hotel room, says he was yelling outside of his balcony to other cast members, trying to find out their room numbers, trying to play around, you know, whatever. She tried to contain him, and then she eventually told him she had to leave to help other cast members, and that's when he asked her not to leave. She joked with him that she would sit outside of his door to make sure he wouldn't leave his hotel room. According to Suarez, King then suggested she get in bed with him and repeatedly asked her not to leave his room, even though he's... She says he was aware that she was in a relationship with someone else. After a few minutes, she insisted she had to leave and help other cast members, telling him she would return later to drop off snacks and water. And that's when she when she went back to his room with a case of water bottles and a bag of snacks. She knocked on the door. He answered the door in his underwear. She asked King to take the case of water out of her hands, and he continued to ask her not to leave his hotel room. I was like, I have to go. I need to go bring other people water and food. And he's like, no, no, please. So I stepped into the room to set the case of waters down. He's repeating, don't leave. I was like, I have to go. She turned towards the door. She says he came up behind her, grabbed her, pressed her against his body, refused to let go of her, even though she said she tried to kick and elbow him to get off of her. She says she managed to get out of his grasp and went to open the door to leave. Then she says King slammed the door shut from behind her. At this point, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was freaking out. It happened so fast is what she said. I'm freaking out. And he goes, what's wrong? What's going on? And I'm like, just leave me alone. He tried to come up behind me, put his arm around me. He's in the hallway in his underwear. It's so weird and fucked up, she says. So I'm just like, go back in your room. Don't come out. Now that on its own is horrible and awful. And without knowing Gary, I believe her. Okay. She was a makeup artist on the show. She was not on the show. And I believe this. He's hammered. He seems like a guy that's a womanizer, you guys are telling me. Now, this is when it gets real problematic, y'all. Suarez says she immediately told producers what happened following the incident. So remember, when you're a makeup artist, the producers are your boss. This is your boss, right? The next day, she says a co-executive producer reached out to her and they had a conversation about what happened. After Suarez spoke with the co-exec producer, she said she had another meeting with him, plus executive producers Cortland Cox and Vivian Choi, as well as the show's talent manager. She said she told the producer she didn't feel comfortable. She didn't want to do his hair and makeup. She didn't want to be alone with him or in the same room with him. Um, She says that Cortland Cox, the executive producer, apologized and said the producers would have a conversation with him and he would be fired. They said he would be fired if any other incidents occurred. Um, She said the next day producers removed King from the hotel room where the rest of the cast and crew members were staying and for the rest of the dark days during filming, he had to still sleep on the boat. But he was not fired. Suarez says it pretty much just sucked on Sucked from there on out. I was just in a super depressive state. Okay. That's what we hear. So 
I don't believe any other incidents happened, apparently, from what we've heard. I believe if Stephanie Suarez came out to Rolling Stone and said this, she would have said, and then he also did A, B, and C. Um, so Lance, my husband, was offered a directing role on this season, Below Deck, Sailing Yacht, 2022. It was going to be his first show as a director, as a, like, first real deal reality show as a director. Remember, he's a camera operator for the most part and sometimes a DP, director of photography. So he was hired, I mean, he was offered the job as a director. He has a lot of friends that work on this show, like in this world, okay? He didn't take it because it was not a good working environment. From what I remember, the money was insanely low for being away from your home and being stuck on a boat half the time in Italy, like away from your, like you wouldn't have a beautiful, you know, hotel room to go back to and stuff. You're like, it's not ideal situations for a lot of these, these, um, crew members. Right. And so he ultimately turned it down. Now the producer on this show, Vivian Troy, the executive producer who's listed in the Rolling Stone article. I know. I know her. I really like her. Okay. But I know her because my son and her son went to the same preschool. And so we became, and we used to work out together. I really like her. Like a really, really nice woman. But this is bad. This is bad, bad, bad. If you are going to your executive producers and saying that I was harassed or, you know, messed with as a makeup artist trying to help one of your cast members and I was pushed against, you know, the wall and tried to kiss, he was trying to kiss me and was holding me back. And they said, you know, this is the first offense. We'll see what happens. It doesn't look good, you guys. Now, I want to be really clear. This is not a Bravo issue. In my opinion, this is a specific producer and production company issue. Now, I don't, let's see. Let me ask Lance if he's away, around. Who is the production company on Below Deck Sailing? I'm curious who the production company is. I don't think it's Evolution, like the same as Vanderpump and Real Houses of Beverly Hills and, you know, all of that. I could be wrong. I don't think it is. Um, it's not good. But it's also horrible timing for Bravo, even though this isn't necessarily a Bravo issue, unless, unless the issue was reported to the Bravo executives as it should have been right in the moment. And Bravo was aware of this. Oh, is it 51 Minds? It's, it could be 51 Minds. If Bravo is aware of this and knows about the report, then it becomes a problem. We have to know, and I'm curious, because I know I've worked on enough TV shows. Remember, I used to be a casting director, and we would have, um, oh, it's 51 Minds. Thanks, guys. Yeah, it's the text is not getting delivered to Lance because he's like shooting in a jungle right now. Um, when I worked on TV shows, we had every single year, we had to do a sexual harassment meeting. We had to do 
you know, basically a rep would come and like standards and practices, like talk to us about the way we have to act, the way we say things, the way we, you know, whatever. If anything went down on my show, which by the way, and this is not to call out anything and like make this about me, but 20 years ago when I started working in this industry, the way I was sexually harassed, like, oh my God, the things that some of the writers said to me in those writer rooms as like a young 20-some-year-old girl. Holy shit. But I never, ever said anything. I never said anything because my I just didn't. I thought it was the culture. I mean, how sad is that actually when you think about it? I'm glad that this girl said something. And she said something fast, you guys. She said something the next day. What's crazy and what's scary is where who was the last person to know? Did, yeah, you guys are fun. You guys are agreeing with me, right? It was so bad. I worked in a construction company in the 80s. I mean, this is crazy, crazy stuff that women are subjected to on a lot of these productions and shows. But if production went off and then went and like, because usually there's a Bravo executive that you're supposed to report this shit to. Like I guarantee when it came to the Below Deck Down Under episode with Luke, when he went into Margot's room with the producers and the cameramen filming, I guarantee you Bravo knew about it right away. But because it didn't happen on camera, it could have very easily been kind of kept under wraps because they didn't want the story to get back to Bravo because they didn't want the story to get out because they had a show to produce. And that's where we get a big problem, you guys. That's where the problem lands. Um, Gypsy's asking if it happened in 2022, why is the story just coming out now? Because I think people are getting a lot braver right now to speak. You know, I think Bethany is right about one thing. There is momentum about this and the more it's being talked about, and it's not just a Bethany issue. Apparently there's a big Vanity Fair article coming out soon. Apparently, you know, I mean, not apparently, we know about the Love is Blind guys coming out and and their foundation. We know about tons of reality stars on a bunch of different shows that are finally coming out and opening up. Bethany's just one little piece of this. She's the loudest piece of this, but she's just one little piece of this. And I think that a lot of people are starting to talk. Thank you so much for bringing that up, Chelsea. Stassi yesterday released her episode with my girl, Taylor Strecker. I say that because I'm obsessed with Taylor Strecker. Uh, Shout out, Taylor, if you're watching the show or if you're listening, please come on my show, please. Um, I feel like we'd get along. We're both in our 40s, (laughs) thinking we're 22. Um, Stassi had an episode. I'm going to find exactly my notes about this, you guys, because I don't want to ever mess this up. And she talked about the interview as well. And she said something that was pretty depressing to read as well, which she basically said, um, uh, let me get it. Let me get it. She said, (laughs) I can't find it now. Um, I'm going to try really hard to just try to remember what she said. But she essentially said that she wasn't protected a lot of times working on the show because on Vanderpump Rules. And they protected the guys more than they protected Stassi many times. Oh, here we go. I got it. Stassi basically said, I think 
I think that there are lies with what Rachel said, and there are also truths. I think both, but I do believe that everything Rachel is saying, she thinks she's telling the truth. Even though she's a liar and has lied in such a serious, profound way for so long, you can tell that right now her whole thing is so desperate to undo that. She's so desperate to tell the truth. I can see that, but it doesn't mean that she's been given all the right information. Um, For example, the producer credit, et cetera. But then she really said that... um, how Rachel, she, Stassi then talked about how Rachel said after the scene wrapped, he got mad and said, why did you say that to me on camera? You're going to make me look bad. And then went and threatened production and said, I won't film anymore unless you take that out. Remember Sandoval did that to Rachel. And Stassi goes, and they did, they did take it out. That hurts. It hurt for women everywhere. I was just like, come on, we're still doing this shit. That ha-, And then this is the, the crazy part. That happened all the time on VPR when I was there, all the time. There were so many times I remember crying to producers and being like, you guys have covered for certain people that have done really dark things. Men, yes, men, that I can't even be in the same room as some of these men and I'm getting less screen time because of it. And I'm willing to get less screen time because of it. I'm willing to film less. I feel like she's just talking about Sandoval, but I could be wrong. I'm willing to film less because this is so unfair and this is wrong. But at the same time, I thought about it. Would I ever go public with this sort of thing? This is while she worked on the show. And I was like, no, because I wouldn't want to ruin everyone's jobs. You guys, this is 100% how these things work. We don't want to go public about these things, a lot of us, especially women, because we have hearts. (laughs) No offense to men. But we have a lot of times a lot of empathy. And we don't want to ruin other people's lives. And I know like for sure, I never walked, talked about the things that were said to me when I worked on Disney shows 20 years ago because I – didn't want, I knew how many people like relied on that. I didn't want people to not like me. I didn't want to ruin people's lives. So you don't say it. But I feel like Camille right now, like we weren't going to say it. We didn't say it, but now we did. We said it, right? Um, She says, I wouldn't want to shut down a show where it's not just the cast. It's the crew. It's producers. There's so many people that work on it and love it. It's so true because if Vanderpump rules or if Below Deck Sailing Yacht, if any of these shows get canceled or get production stops on them, you have to remember there's so many innocent people that are affected. And it's really, really hard. Yeah, Chris says, as women, we hold ourselves responsible for every damn human. This is like a Barbie moment, right? This is literally the Barbie scene with America Ferreira. It's so damn hard. It really is. We have to walk a certain line, Gypsy says. We have to walk a certain line to keep their, our jobs, which is why this has become so huge. It's so hard. And I'm not like sitting here trying to bash men. This is not about that. It's just, it's the, it's the reality. Um, and she says, it trickles down to so many people where I'm like, I'm tougher than this. I can heal on my own. And I did. And there are so many other female cast members on VPR who have gone through the same thing where production is covered up for the dudes and we have just had to heal ourselves. So that was a straight up truth. I know that Rachel told because it has happened before. The fact that Sandoval was able to get away with it again, it's like, fuck. I also understand that producers have a job to do like they wanted to get in film more. So if that's what they have to do, it's just so dark. It's such a fucked up way of working, but I understand why they have to do it sometimes. You guys, it makes me so sad. It really makes me sad. Um, anyway, that's what's happening right now. And it's not going to stop. The more people that come out, the more people will come out. And 
a lot of people are saying like, why do you, why didn't you go to Bethany with this? Cause this could have been a hundred percent like a Bethany moment. I don't think face reality 16 may have said this. I can't remember who said this in their comments, but like, I, I agree. I don't think Bethany is a safe space for a lot of people. I think Bethany does not allow um, for a safe space for a lot of people. Do I think this is the end of reality TV? I was just asked by Ange. Here's what I think. I think just like they had to do this with union, with, with scripted TV, they had to do this in corporations, they had to do this with the Me Too movement. I believe that there's going to be some major, major, major shit that's going to change. For example, alcohol will be limited. It's already limited on multiple shows. On The Bachelor, you cannot have more than two drinks. Alcohol will start to be limited. I think that there will start being more of like a rep on these shows. More than just like a talent manager, it's going to probably be some sort of like a human resources type of rep. And if possible, they will find some sort of union situation where everyone will feel protected. Will that change reality TV? Possibly. It will be it will be a watered down version, possibly. But I still think Below Deck, Sailing Yacht, for example, would have been a great show regardless if this incident happened or not because, or I, I should say, even if an incident like this was stopped and they had to fire Gary during the show because this executive or this rep was on set and was privy to these conversations and said, absolutely not. He needs to go. He did it once. We're not waiting for the second time he's going. It would have still made good TV. Like Luke being fired from that boat was still amazing TV. So even if their behaviors are limited, yeah, you guys, it's tough. It is so goddamn tough. We like the hot mess. That's the craziest thing, right? As, as watchers, we like watching the hot messes. So I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, I think that that's where I'm going to wrap, you guys. It's a 34-minute episode almost. Um, we can talk more about the Kyle and Morgan Wade and, um, and uh, Farah, Kyle's daughter, who's also ended her engagement allegedly. We can talk all about that tomorrow. I think that, you know... I need a, and I think I needed a little bit of a break. I think I needed a little bit of a break from the Heather, I mean, from the Kyle Richard stuff. Um, okay, I'm going to wrap here. TikTok, hold on. We do an after show with you guys. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you as always. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you tomorrow, dosers. <laughs>